the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Let's talk money in retirement. It's kind of what we do here. Sometimes what we talk about is investing. Sometimes it's about retirement. Sometimes it's about taxes, personal finance, for sure. Businesses that you create as an investment through your time and your life. I recently went back and saw my four brothers and my sister. It's actually three of my four brothers and my sister, to be factual. Um, it, it wasn't lost on me that I've got government workers in my family and a school teacher, and they're all going to get pensions. And I'm the only one who is an entrepreneur, and I'm the one who's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight figures tied towards my retirement. Um, and they've got a very nice income coming, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year when they retire due to their government service and some supplemental savings here and there. Which one are you? Are you the one who wants to take the career that's a little bit more secure, that has a nice, safe retirement plan? Or are you the one who wants to be an entrepreneur who, if it doesn't work out, you might be living in a trailer when you're 60. There's a lot going on in that statement, right? So one of the things that I do that they're not necessarily privy to do, they have family, I have family, but they make a lot less money than I do. And they save a lot less. So they don't have that opportunity necessarily for that second home that can work out or end up in bankruptcy. They also don't have that second opportunity to kind of speculate. With speculation comes great risk, but also pretty good reward. And I know you know speculation. That's why you're listening to the show. You're looking for a hint, a tip, a trick to get you ahead. You're looking for some insight. So let's play that game, okay? Let's talk the metaverse. Now we can all talk about artificial intelligence, speculation, or growth. We can talk about metaverse's speculation or growth. If you've got a government job, the metaverse is speculation, in my opinion. I'd rather you build up a portfolio of blue chip stocks that billionaires own. And when I say billionaires, I'm not being facetious. I'm saying stocks aren't going to get you in trouble because you don't need trouble. I think that makes sense to you. I know it makes sense to you. It should make sense to you. If I were to say, give me some stocks to never, ever get you in trouble in your lifetime, Colgate Palmolive. They make Colgate toothpaste and much, much more. Amazon.com. I think we all know they're going to be around for many, many years to come. Their valuation is troublesome. Next Star Media. They're best known for investing in distressed debt, but equities also catch their eye. Next Star is the largest television station owner in the United States with 197 stations in 115 markets. 
I work at Nexstar with Cron4. I don't own the stock because it's I stop for me. And also owning what where I work is not for me. Snowflake is a company a lot of people like. Uh, Microsoft, stocks that aren't going to get you into a lot of trouble. The S&P 500 is a great way to invest for a long-term patient investor. A name like Freeport McMoran Copper and Gold. We need copper and gold to build the world out. Constellation Energy. So those are names that aren't going to get you into trouble. Eh, maybe a little bit sometimes the timing, but not too bad. So let's talk metaverse a little bit, shall we? Um, will it happen? Will it ha- not happen? Will it happen like Ready Player One? Will it happen like um, Fortnite? But in more, that's you're feeling like you're there. Not like you're controlling the character there, but you feeling like you're in character. We could talk electric vehicles. We could talk cryptocurrency. Where's the speculation? Right now, if I wanted to speculate, I'm going to look at Snap. I think they were beaten down. I think they're, they're, they're troubled. I think they're flawed. I think they have a, a great niche business. But one of the problems with Twitter and with Snap is they've shown after five, 10 years that they really can't break out on their own. So I think they can be acquired for something cute. But if I'm any company that wants to go after TikTok, I'm thinking Snap right now. If I'm Facebook and I'm trying to accumulate something to compete with TikTok, I'm thinking Snap. Um, but let's not use that one. Let, let, let's maybe take a look at Metaverse, Meta Platforms. If you want to play Metaverse, who's the biggest investor in the uh, Metaverse? It's, it's Meta Platforms. And they're down right now in large part due to advertising and competition from TikTok. Do I think they have a long-term future? I do. But it would be nice if they articulated it first. If they told us what the metaverse really means to them and how they're going to monopolize it. Not just through a cute game here or there. They really have to lay out an ambitious plan with some specifics. Not just digital goods are going to be big and digital contents going to be lovely. Apple, I think this time next year, we're going to be talking about augmented reality classes. Apple is set to release the long-awaited AR headset in early 2023. When that happens, expect Apple to weaponize its roughly 1.8 billion devices that are already currently out there and tie in seamlessly to it. Do I like the stock? I own the stock. NVIDIA, a beaten-down company, if we're going to have a metaverse, where we have more entertainment in our home, where we have more home productivity for the office by wearing a headset. And our bosses can actually see we're in a, a meeting. You need a lot of graphics, a lot of power. NVIDIA and AMD are the two best names. Um, right now, I like NVIDIA a little bit more than AMD based on valuation. Long-term, I think both are nice plays. Again, only if you're investing in the very speculative, very crazy idea of the metaverse. But a lot like crypto, I think so much money is focusing on the metaverse. It's going to be tough to say, nope, we're just going to shut that all down. It is going to be big in the metaverse. Mickey Mouse. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Mickey Mouse. Why is Mickey Mouse going to be big? Because it's, it's, it's a brand with children. 
and they have no problem having you pay a buck ninety nine to look at Mickey. What they don't want is me looking like Mickey getting drunk on the weekend and cursing at some child in the metaverse. But will their content work well inside the infrastructure or hardware virtual reality experience? It will. If you've ever taken a virtual reality tour of Disneyland or Disney World parks, it's pretty cool. You kind of see, and trust me, there's so many nerds on this planet. The worst nerds to me are the Disney nerds. They'll be part of the metaverse, I promise you. Um, Company you're not thinking about in the metaverse, but it's obvious, is Match Group. They are the massive player inside the United States that is heavily tied, or not just the United States, the world. Um, Tender. Um, dating. How many people have we met that are, have met on a dating app? It's kind of funny because I think two of my family members may have met on a dating app, or maybe it was just the two, uh, one couple. I, I talked to both of them over the weekend. One minute. And yeah, with the men on a dating app, I'm like, which one was it? The dirty, nasty tender? I got a little tender hose. And, uh, you know, it's an anticlimactic. I'm not like it. You don't have to tell me. It could be Bumble. I don't care. It could be eHarmony. I don't care. Uh, but Tinder's gonna be a big player. I think Alphabet and Google for sure. A lot of AI, um, but they also have Google Glass in the past. They have some like DNA. Who else? I think Amazon.com won't leave it behind. Nor will Microsoft. There's a metaverse ETF of stocks. It's called. METV, consultant broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned, especially during the sector, this segment. It is a highly aggressive area where you can lose a lot of investing money fast. Is there an opportunity? There is. I'm Rob Black. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. So I do two hours of content minimum a day between radio, television, podcasts, Facebook, and everything else. Uh, it takes me a lot of time to prepare content. So hopefully you're getting the best of my efforts. One of the areas that sometimes makes me go, that's damn interesting. And I would have wanted to know that when I was 21 years old. I guess part of what I'm doing on the show is is finding things and showing you things from the investment world from 25 plus years of doing this and being successful and creating a nice lifestyle for myself and my family. Um. Are, are things that I wish we would have been shot, taught, shot, lot, learned. Good. Um, other than John Quincy Adams. How about this one? You know, John Deere, they make those big tractors. Every little kid loves a tractor. Every little kid loves a train. Every little kid loves a truck, I think. Me too. I have a dream of driving a bulldozer. Like, that would be on my bucket list. I know you're saying a bucket list like aren't you supposed to be like i want to go to the place where i was born and ride a hot air balloon no i have nothing like that i've traveled as much as i want to travel i i will still travel for sure but i was lucky i was raised in a military family so i I knocked a lot of that out and then in my college years i traveled a lot so 
John Deere is on my bucket list in a funny way. But so I started looking at their business model. They want 10% of revenue in the future to come from software fees. We're going to need farms until the day we die. We're going to need tractors and hoes in a different way from, than from, you know, when we're talking about match.com and tender. We're going to need tractors and hoes and we're going to need bulldozers and those big, powerful machines, cranes. How many companies do you think can do that? Not many. I own shares of Caterpillar for the long term because I think we're in need farming equipment, manufacturing equipment for a long time. These are machines that have an amazing work ethic. Deere has spent hundreds of millions developing the next generation farm equipment outfitted for smart technology. As the planet, I guess, becomes drier or as the planet becomes more susceptible to uh, global warming, we can't afford to lose the Midwest, the United States. We may not you know, love to travel there. We may not have cities that we're like, we're going to adorn it with a, a Disneyland. It's never going to be the apple of our eye, but we need that part of the country to make food. So John Deere just did a $305 million acquisition back in 2017 of Blue River Technologies, whose artificial intelligence technology allows automated sprayers to differentiate crops from weeds. Wait, wait, wait. That's cool. Now, what if, they, what if we hack these and they, they think weeds, crops are weeds and they spray them with pesticide? Uh-oh. Deer tacked on another $250 million purchase of Bear Flack Robotics, a company that makes software to give old tractors autonomous capability. Now we're talking. Deer announced a fully autonomous tractor and crop sprayer, both of which are being rolled out on a limited basis this year. If you go to a farm today, Farmer John's not the same Farmer John that you thought growing up. And I once went to a farm when I was in high school. And if you want to become vegan, go to a farm. And see farm animals and how they're treated and the lifestyle that lay, they live. And then it's suddenly over. The so deer announced a fully autonomous tractor and crop sprayer. One that can differentiate weeds from crops. One that can do all the work so that you don't have to hire illegal immigrants to do the work for you at a very low cost. One that you don't have to pay Union fees, too, or worry if they get sick in the fields. Dear executives told the Wall Street Journal, the company wants 1.5 million machines connected to the cloud called, sweetly enough, John Deere Operations Center. I know you're saying that's not sweet. It's kind of a boring name, in fact, Rob. Why are you calling it sweet? Because that's funny. You'd expect to be called Crop Skynet 2023. When they hook it up to the cloud, John Deere's going to be able to run a lot of artificial intelligence on crops and weeds and figuring out herbicides that are appropriate. Deere executives told the Wall Street Journal the company wants 1.5 million machines collect, uh, connected to the cloud. That's not a Amazon Web Services kind of number, but it's a nice number for a farmer. Their CEO talked to the Wall Street Journal, 10% of the company's annual revenue will come from software fees by 2030. Software is way more profitable than hardware. Way more. Once Microsoft came up with Windows, they have this source code and they're like, you know what? We can put this on a CD. We can put this on a floppy drive. We can pre-install on machines and charge $200 every time. 
and they run that code, do they have to reinvent it? Nope. They have to maintain it for sure. But there's nothing physical about it. It's software. It's cheap to replicate, duplicate. Times 10, times 20, times 40. Software is more profitable than hardware. Equipment will eventually remain the bulk of Deere's business, but there's going to be this big push into software. Is there risk because of that? Hell, yes, there's risk because of that. But the average gross margin of farming software is 85% versus 25% on equipment sales. So when they sell you a tractor or a hoe and it costs $35,000, $40,000, $100,000, the margins on that hardware is only 25%. Margin on software, 85%. Do I think we're going to live in a world with robotics and artificial intelligence coming to not all farms, but to many? I do. Now, some farmers aren't sold because my daddy's daddy's daddy he used to work the fields here. They see software subscriptions eroding their fiscal independence. They see that they won't be able to be like, say, I just bought a tractor. I'm a good. I'll take care of it from here. John Deere, you go on. Thank you for your equipment. President Biden signed an executive order directing the FTC to curb repair restrictions on farm equipment last year. Now, again, you start thinking about it. If you get a Maserati, you're not taking your Maserati to get repaired at the, uh, you know, local uh, oil change, Jiffy Lube. And you got to get gouged in the process. One of the things I like about Toyota vehicles is there's so many of them out there. You don't get gouged in the, the repair parts. And they're so easy to fix that most mechanics can do it. I know you're saying you've thought this through. I have. So President Biden signed an executive order directing the FTC to curb repair restrictions by farm equipment manufacturers. It's unclear to what extent they will be able to tinker with embedded software. If farmers gain assurances there, they'll feel a lot more like the jolly rancher versus the upset angry rancher. And again, have we seen that like with Apple where Apple wants to repair the equipment themselves and then the government puts pressure on them? No, no, no. You need to open it up. Yeah. Yeah. I do think John Deere is very interesting. I own shares of Caterpillar for the whole segment I just talked about. We need food. That's not going to go away. We need farming equipment. That's not going to go away. They're embracing technology. That's not going to go away. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. <clears throat> Thanks for listening to the show. Um, hopefully you get a lot out of this. It's a podcast. It's a webcast. It is also a terrestrial broadcast on radio. I do like the radio sense of being real and being on time every day and not doing it from the comfort of the basement of the science building. Let's talk about what happened last week and year to date. And let's talk about what's happening now in international and domestic markets, news that you can use. NASDAQ for the year is down 22.5%, had a big week last week. SP 500 down 14.6%. Dow Jones Industrial Average down 11%. All numbers that feel fair, seeing that the gains that they've put in in recent years. And when I say recent years, I'm saying 10. Bitcoin is down 53% for the year. 
if you bought it at 60,000, you're like, what am I going to do with this? You bought it at 50,000, 40,000, 30,000. Bitcoin is much more aggressive. It probably has a lot more upside, but also a lot more downside. That's how risk assets play. Last week, the SP 500 rose above its 50 day moving average. That's, I don't do a lot of moving averages on this show. If you've seen this show, heard this show, know this show, felt the show in the past. Um, but it is important that are you headed in the right direction? Over the last 50 days, have we seen more reasons to be positive than negative? Is the psychology there? Or is it like, oh, for the last 50 days, we've been trending lower because of the war in Ukraine, because of inflation, because of high energy costs, which aren't so high anymore, unless you live in Europe. And you know what? The world needs Europe. What the world needs now is not another love song, but the world does need Europe. What the world needs now is not another love song. Over in crypto world, all eyes are on Ethereum's big software upgrades that will take place between Tuesday and Thursday this week. I can't say that I'm watching it like a rocket launch to the moon, but some people are. Supply chain disruptions in the power grids, in semiconductors, in the Suez canals. We have seen what supply chain disruptions are. Have you taken a crash course on supply chain 101? You have lived through it and you got all out of it this stupid t-shirt. Now we're getting another one that like, are you kidding me? And this is something I can't know. You can't know. Everyone can't know unless your freaking fracking uncle works as an engineer in the, the train yards. U.S. Railroad said they could delay shipments of some materials in advance of a potential strike by more than 90,000 rail employees. Calling Joe Biden. Calling Joe Biden. We need some presidential action on this. What we don't need right now is another strike or shutdown in the supply chain. Maybe we need some love, sweet love in the world of unions. I don't know. Many of the people who work in two-person crews on trains have to be on call seven days a week, which makes planning non-work activities with family or friends basically impossible. A strike by the unions and the railroads. Choo-choo. Hey, Thomas. It's me, Percy. I think I heard that Thomas the Tank has got a transgender tank coming. Transgender. Like, okay. Okay. I think the first, I, I think in my lifetime, I've seen a, a, a train of color introduced. I've seen a homosexual train introduced. Now I'm going to see a transgender train introduced. Do I think this is some agenda to uh, ruin my kid's brain? No, I think it's it's an agenda to make more money. But I'll stop there. The U.S. economy is going to lose $2 billion every single day. Trains aren't moving. What the world needs now is not for the trains to stop moving. Don't do this in front of Christmas train people, or otherwise I'm going to hate you. I'm going to hold a grudge. I'm going to say things like, uh, I don't know, I'm going to get a bumper sticker that says, I hate trains. I love turtles, but I hate trains. One third of the U.S. grain exports travel by train. Half of all fertilizer travels in trains. 75% of finished cars, vehicles come from trains. 
One rail car can carry as many as 2,000 UPS packages. Of note, did you pick up that I said train crews of two people? Why do I like trains as an investment? Because it's two people who move a lot of goods across the country. You have an engineer, choo-choo, and one other person, and they're like, let's load on one train. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, we could do 100. And you have a tractor trailer, like, well, let's put a second tractor trailer on there. And you're like, oh, it's starting to look a little sketchy as it goes around and turns. And oh, it just flipped over on the Interstate 80. Now you're not going to be able to get to your vacation home for six hours. 12 hours. Trains are a fascinating investment in large part because of lack of labor. And no one else can do what they do. If I want to open a train company, I'm going to have to lay down some very expensive track. Or I'm going to have to use others' tracks. Now you ask yourself, well, we'll just use more truckers to deliver those goods. I'm like, not so easy, my friend. Mon frere, uno momento there. We have a lack of long-haul truckers. You need 467,000 more long-haul trucks per day to make up for the shortfall. And it would cost considerably more money to truck the goods than trains. Consider the U.S. economy would nearly implode if trains were to stop. The federal government has kept close tabs on negotiations. It's pushing for a resolution. Congress has the power to block a strike from happening, but hasn't used that button yet. The Democrats are pro-union. The Republicans don't want pro-union because the Democrats like it. The Republicans can't really define a reason, but Democrats can, and they just don't like each other. Over the weekend, we saw Ukraine triple its territorial gains in 48 hours. My big fear is that this is embarrassing to Putin, and now we're going to start seeing the big weapons come out. I don't know. I have no political insight. If you're using me for political insight, you're a fool. Mr. T says, you're a fool. I painted the fool that this is Rob Black about political. I agree. Spanish teenager won the uh, U.S. Open. I don't care. I know you're like, I love tennis, Rob. Tennis is the greatest sport ever. Dead to me. Prime Minister of the uh, Barbuda and Antigua. They're going to ditch the monarchy. And that's the one thing like no one's really saying right now is that the monarchy has to represent imperialism. And our rule is the good rule in other countries that aren't smart enough to do it themselves. Uh, death to the king. Not death to the king, but we don't need a king is the right way. Millennials need to stop this. Millennials have the power to cancel. Cancel the king. Uh, but it's tradition. Uh, we don't need it. We don't need it. That's just my opinion. But you know who's a big winner from this whole queen dying thing? I know you're saying, is it too early to game the system? Netflix. Because they got that show called The Crown. It's coming back for one more season. Do you think everyone is going to be fascinated now seeing her last chapter? (sighs) Will it lead to more subscriptions? I don't think so. But it'll leak a lot of PR. And Netflix better be ready for that because they have a lot of eyeballs on them when it does happen. Ten. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. So if you're listening to the radio, you can hear Jane's addiction. Being caught stealing. I went to the very first 
Lollapalooza. Uh, I'm not being proud or anything like that when I say that. I love my my things that I spend money on is music. And in 1991, I was basically uh, starting my business. I was a college student, graduate, and poor. But music meant something important to me. Nine Inch Nails blew me away. Violent Femmes, Living Color, Jane's Addiction. Um, I don't know if that means anything to you. But what does mean something to you? Seeing the Red Hot Chili Peppers play. I didn't know they were going to be the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I didn't know that uh, coming out in your underwear and a hat that's on fire was to be all that in a bucket of chicken and that you remember in the future. Um, but yeah, so what's your thing? And again, like Living Color? Boy, those guys can play. Did they have the ability to, to survive? Butthole surfers? Eh. Ice tea? It was a kind of a concert that was trying to blend many, 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 many genres. And they did a pretty good job. And now it's just in Chicago, I think, or Chicago and like Buenos Aires. And I don't know. Not my thing anymore. I don't like crowds like that anymore. I'm not a big festival guy. But um, Jane's Addiction, when you hear that song, I've uh, been caught stealing and it starts with the dogs barking. Still gets me excited. Still gets me excited. I know you're saying, get to the show. Get to the show. Okay, I will. Um, in the next segment, I'm going to talk about water investments. Is I don't think it takes a rocket scientist, genius, high IQ to say, we need water to live. In the next segment, I'm going to get to Google spinning out their high-speed secret telecom project. You haven't even heard of it. I'll tell you about it. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? Let's take a look at the markets, shall we? Um, today, I've already done a kind of a tour to headlines for you. Last week, started on a sluggish note, but buying efforts picked up. We're kind of got this buy the dip mentality, even though we look around and we're like, we're going to be in a recession. We got high inflation. We have high valuations. We have an unstable situation in Ukraine. There's every reason in the world for us not to move higher, except for the market always goes up. People always buy on dips, 5% dips. Then it, okay, then we get into the bear market, 15, 20%. And people are like, but we still find ourselves putting our 401k money. You know, last Friday, my 401k hit. Sweet. Last Friday, my uh, auto investment into Acorns hit. Sweet. Those are buys. And some people go, you know, I've always wanted to own Facebook. Now I can at a cheaper level. I've always wanted to own Apple. Now I can at a cheaper level. Sweet. There's a buying psychology that persists. Mr. Myers Squibb. Big medical company, big pharmaceutical company is the right way of saying that. They fabricate pharmaceuticals. I like enunciating my first. I wanted to name uh, as a farce. My kids' middle names are trouble and danger. But as a farce, if I got a middle name that I was going to throw in, it was going to be. So the teacher would say, uh, let's do attendance in third grade. Robert Black. I thought that would be funny. And see, my whole life is about setting up of a joke. Because as an alcoholic father who only saw negative things, you just develop a sense of humor. Bristol Myers Squibb is getting FDA approval for its psoriasis drug. 
Sodi Kutu. I, I think we could do a whole segment on names of drugs. Why call it Sodi Kutu? I don't know. I can tell you psoriasis is an issue. I can tell you a lot of people have. I remember in college, and this was like my first example of like being worldly, where a friend of mine was a lawyer and he had, this is just out of college, and he's, he married a woman who had just, her psoriasis was bad. And it bothered her enormously. And she was a, he, this guy eventually becomes my business attorney. And I, I know them to this day. And she was just a lovely human being. And they would invite me over and like, these are lonely times sometimes after college where you're kind of developing your adult world. She had psoriasis bad. So I'm like, that's good news. Cause psychologically, I know she would do anything to hide scaly skin. I highly suggest eating gerbils like they do in vampire movies to hide your scaly skin, but not a good solution for the real world. So Bristol Myers comes up with a real solution for the real world, a new drug called Sodicatool. Goldman Sachs initiating coverage of Newmont with a buy rating today. And activist investor Dan Loeb says, you know, last couple of weeks we said Walt Disney should sell ESPN because ESPN is in a really tough situation. Google and Facebook, Amazon and Apple can spend billions of dollars on on the National Football League or on the NBA or on Major League Baseball. And ESPN still has that little problem called ABC Broadcast Networks. That's not very profitable compared to ESPN. And ESPN is not very profitable compared to Google and Amazon and Apple and Facebook, who don't have to make money off the sports broadcast. They just have to get eyeballs to buy more of their gear. We expect to see Ezekiel Elliott during Thursday Night Football going, when I need my package delivered fast, I call Amazon.com. Now, I'm not making fun of Ezekiel Elliott. I'm just going to say a lot of athletes feel like they can barely read. And you feel like this endorsement's like, I don't know if I want that endorsement. But you're going to see Apple and Amazon and uh, Facebook and anyone who, who pays for these sports rights push their own product. Disney's kind of caught in a bad situation because I think ESPN could own college sports, but I don't think they're going to be able to own the NFL forever and ever and ever and ever because the costs are going up. Will they get Monday Night Football? Sure. For 10 years? Absolutely. For 20 years? I doubt it. So Dan Loeb saying, I'm an investor. I'm thinking 20 years from now. Two weeks ago, he said ESPN has to be uh, sold off from Disney. Because Disney is a theme park company. Disney's a movie company. Disney is uh, franchises and streaming. Which I kind of feel like we're, they're overdoing it just a little bit. If you're, house, uh, if you're a fan of HBO's House of Dragon, they've already announced the next spinoff of Game of Thrones. And it's going to be the uh, Jon Snow up in the North World, uh, North of the Wall. They started producing that. So that's coming down the road. You kind of feel like they're dipping a little bit too much in these franchises. Characters are die. Let's tell the prequel. But eh, I digress. These are some of the headlines today. The FOMC meeting is widely expected to raise the target range of Fed fund rates by 75 basis points at the September 2021 meeting. So that's nine days from now. But this week, we're going to get consumer price index numbers. And that's all we're going to focus on. I'll be honest with you. And that's tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, we get CPI tomorrow. It's the only thing that matters because we're worried about interest rates. 
We're worried about inflation and their effects on earnings. Jobs, we're good, but jobs create inflation, which creates problems for interest rates, which creates problems for earnings. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. I'm going to have some seminars coming up in 2023, probably in January. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.